There's always something hot happening in South Florida. Talk now with Brian Mudd on News Radio 610 WIOD. The families of the victims of the 2018 school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, reached a $25 million settlement with Broward County Public Schools. 52 families whose loved ones were killed, injured, or traumatized in the shooting sued the school district, claiming its negligence was a factor, leading to the troubled former student making his way on campus and opening fire. The largest payments of the settlement will go to the 17 families who had children or spouses killed. Yeah, that money only goes so far, right? So, yeah, in, here in the midst of the cycle involving Nicholas Cruz, of course, on Friday he pled guilty to attacking a prison guard. Tomorrow he's expected to plead guilty to all related charges to the massacre at Stoneman Douglas. Anyway, somebody who's remarkable, but generally for good reasons, our CFO and Chief Fire Marshal, Jimmy Petronas, how are you today? You know, I... I, I... I love if I call in just early enough, I can catch a little bit more commentary. And which, and and you get me so spun up because you know, <laughs> you know, a hundred percent of the time you're a hundred percent right. You know, and and I look at the the settlement issue, what's going on with Broward County, and uh, you know, I just you know, I just soon. I, mean, I wish we still had the electric chair because I think there's nobody better that deserves to be fried than 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 this guy and and what he did to just destroy the lives of so many. You're not going to find too many people arguing with you about that around here, I don't think. And uh, but yeah, I mean, the school school district is still a hot mess and bigger problem. We still have, you know, we we only have one voice of reason that's on the uh, the Broward School Board at this point. So we're still finding an uphill battle with the same people who put the same officials in place that allowed for all that, you know, to begin with. So you know, we one piece at a time, I, I suppose. But about that, uh, I'm curious. So I saw where the Department of um, Education. Uh, nationally ended up reaching out to you know the state department of education with kind of like a warning shot after the uh state board determined that the state will withhold funds equal to not only the salaries of offending school boards with the districts that continue to violate parental choice over school mass mandates but also for the federal funds that were sent directly from the federal government to local school districts in violation of the 10th Amendment to the Constitution. Do you play as CFO any role in this whole process? And I'm curious to get your thoughts about it. Well, we just stand in a unified front with the governor. Uh, you know, I think I think the governor's making, he's making as much of an argument on why we have a federal system in place and why, you know, states do have rights. Um, and we, we see where certain states are taking extremes uh, and, and how they are infringing on people's liberty, and it, and it just it, it it just it unnerves me that you've got people that I mean I digress a little bit, but they're having to choose between getting a vaccination or their job. You know, uh, you know I can you know give me a battle rhythm of a, a regular test or something, but but you're going to take my livelihood away. So this is you know basically where where Governor Sanchez has been hard and fast on protecting the rights of mom and dad when it comes to their kids. There's not a single you know, line of stitch or sentence anywhere that says if mom and dad wants their kid to wear a mask at school, they can do it, you know, but we're just not going to force this upon, you know, the, the, the students of moms and dads that have their kids in our schools. And so, I mean, this is just where it's just taken to the next level. All right. Well, Jimmy, 
something else we got that's an issue is uh, this whole property insurance deal. We've talked about this mm-hmm. you know, quite a bit previously. I was hoping that what happened coming out of this year's state session would move the needle more than it has. And I understand the part of it went down in court, which is you know probably part of the contributing issue here as well. But, I mean, the, the situation is, is really reaching a, a tipping point yet again. You have the CEO of Citizens saying that it is a staggering crisis, the property insurance market in the state of Florida. Over 200,000 uh, Florida homeowners have been pushed onto Citizens just within the past year, and it looks like that is rising at a more rapid rate here of late. I mean, what, what do we do? So, I mean, it, it's been a perfect storm, uh, and and. I've been a CFO for my fifth year. Every single year, we've moved the needle. Sometimes, call it 10% of what we wanted to accomplish, sometimes 15%. But every year, we've moved the needle to try to protect the Florida homeowner and their access to affordable insurance. But in the state of Florida, you've got, you know, it's the most litigious state when it comes to suing property insurance companies of any state in the United States. So you have that in the mix. You have unscrupulous contractors, and then you got insurance companies who, you know, don't always play by the rules you would hope to as being a positive. So you create this perfect storm of effect. And oh, by the way, 2020 was the most active storm season in the United States. It didn't necessarily devastate the state of Florida, but it devastated Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and those states all have carriers that are domiciled. Now, they may be a Florida-based company, but they'll have insurance in those other states in order to diversify their exposure. Well, hell, just because they didn't get hit in Florida doesn't mean they didn't get whacked in those other states. All those states still have to buy reinsurance. So, I mean, it's just a number of things that, that have spiked uh, have spiked insurance rates, uh, and then you throw on top of it the Biden hurricane tax, uh, which ultimately, you know, if passed, could be as much of a $300 per household increase on the cost of homeowner's insurance in the state of Florida. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting a number of fronts, um, you know, and, and everybody has the ability to improve. So, Jimmy, I, I have a feeling that too often the only people that win are the lobbyists when it comes to reforming Florida's insurance industry. And, you know, to, to that end, I understand a lot of things can be pretty complicated, but at a certain point, I don't really understand it. To your point about how litigious we are, we got 7% of the property insurance policies in the country. And we have like 67 to 70% mm-hmm. of the lawsuits that are the out litigation. there. Yeah. There can be no debate, but that obviously we're screwed up in this state. Why is it that we can't pass a law like any of the other states that aren't as screwed up with all these lawsuits as we are? So, and, and this is why I continue. I, I remember my first year as, as, as CFO, you know, I just wanted to address the AOB issue. And ultimately, you know, we got probably about 50% of I felt like what we needed. And and I got so mad and so upset that we weren't getting 100%. So this is the right policy. Why aren't we doing this to help people out? And, you know, a, a buddy of mine says, Jimmy, you know, if if you expect 100%, you got to remember, this these two legislative bodies that we have over the Senate and the House, they're made up of Everyday citizens, they're made up of plaintiff's attorneys, they're made of contractors, they're made of retirees, they're made of, you know, you know, former military. It's a big cross mix that's in there. And, you know, at the end of the day, the, the plaintiff's attorneys are going to be able to argue their case to keep 
100% of that policy from passing. The insurance companies were arguing their case. It's going to keep them from getting their policy 100% passed. I mean, it's, it's a fight up here. But, you know, but what you're doing right now is exactly what needs to take place. We create an awareness. We turn up the volume. But now you know two ways about it. Anyone who is stealing from their insurance company is jacking up the rates from everyone, jacks up the rates on everyone in the state. And any time that you gain your policy to file a claim that's not a genuine claim, that hurts everybody. And there are enablers out there that make money to help you gain it. That creates the environment that unfortunately exists in Florida that's not helpful to you or I or anybody that we live with. This got to be the year. This upcoming state session has got to be the year that we really deal with this in a meaningful way and, and not just the incremental stuff that you're talking about. Because as you know, uh, Citizen CEO said, this is unsustainable. And you know, so anyway, but I, I, I wish well, that and, your and, policy and, became law. Well, and so it, it, it's funny. We'll talk about a, I'm a, one expansion on AOB. So um, I'm meeting, I meet with the Tennessee Association of Realtors. They have, of all places, they bring their conference to Florida. So I'm meeting with them. I'm thinking, okay, this is a few years ago. What do I talk? I said, well, I'll talk about AOB. AOB is a popular issue with the Florida Association of Realtors. I bring up AOB to the Tennessee. They have never even heard about it. So, so I mean, it's not necessarily there's laws on the books in Tennessee that, that prohibit an AOB lawsuit from taking place. But there's a culture that is developed in Florida, and we've got hot spots. If you're in Central Florida, if you're in Broward, Palm Beach, or Dade County, those hot spots there allow an exploitation of Sioux and insurance companies. That's where deep pockets are at. So, yeah. I mean, we've got to create some accountability. And unfortunately, some of the pain is when rates go up, and it and it stinks. It really does. Yeah. It stinks. Yeah, there's nothing worse so, than rates going up double digits and then getting kicked to, to citizens on top of it. So, you know, Jimmy. Well, and, and, and look. When people can pick up the phone, they can call my office at one eight seven seven my flc We've got a consumer help hotline. I will get you your money from your insurance company. You've got a claim without even hiring anybody. And those are the ways, you know, if you want to find the best way to do it without you're not, we'll hold the insurance companies accountable. But, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in between you and your claim, you know, and that's, that's what we do every day. Amen. I appreciate you offering that up as well. That absolutely is a path forward. CFO, our Chief Fire Marshal, Jimmy Petronas. God bless you, my friend. Lead on. Thanks, buddy. Great to catch mm-hmm. up. Yeah, talk to you soon. All right. Be right back. The Brian Mudd Show. News Radio 610 WYOD.